Today's text comes from two places. First, in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, and it reads, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. The second passage is Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 to 45. And he reads, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls. And this is the reading of God's word. I am beginning a uh, summer series on heaven. And this morning, this is the first of uh, several messages about heaven, and I want to begin with uh, the theology of heaven. That is the title of today's message. Uh, Christian counselor Paul Tripp, he wrote a book called Forever, and he talks about heaven and eternity. And some of the questions that he asks are very thought-provoking. And he asks questions like this. If God has... What if, pardon me, what if God has hardwired you forever? Hmm? Another question, what if we were created to live forever? What if everything happening is a preparation for a final destiny? And, and however you answer these questions, the, 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 the focus is, if all these answers are real, these questions, answers to these questions are real, then the question is, how would these answers affect your life right now? How would it affect your decisions for your life, for your family, in your goals? Uh, would it have an effect? That's where Paul Tripp was going. Now, in contrast, the world has convinced us that here and now is wh whatever that it is. And, and, and our world gives us a short perspective of life. So that, that's why we go for pleasure, going for the gold, you know, uh, get as much as money that we can earn here. And if we're looking for the purpose for all these things in those things for the here and now, uh, we will necessarily be frustrated because, you know, you won't get all the money you want. You won't get that perfect job. The marriage that you want is not going to pan out the way you would think or even parenting. And in all these things that we look for, uh, it won't be able to fulfill us. And here's the thing, to the degree that you try to go for all these expectations in those things, you will be frustrated. And that's what's going on today. So that's one of the reasons why I want to talk about heaven, uh, especially people in the church. Um, we live in this world, and we rarely talk about heaven or think about heaven. So I want to create this uh, uh, mini-series so we can do just that. So let's talk about heaven, which is the, uh, a phrase that's going to entitle uh, this whole whole series. So today, I want to take the first steps in, of understanding this forever place that Paul Tripps talks about. So in a sense, it's Theology of Heaven 101, all right? All right, my, name, my aim is to give you the Bible's teaching on what heaven is like after this world and to know what heaven is like in the, in the, in, in the way we can describe so that you and I, we can be prepared to go to that place after death. And I want us to live purposely for this place that awaits for those who are in Christ Jesus, all right? Um, C.S. Lewis said this, 
Most of us, quote, most of us find very difficult to want heaven at all, except insofar as heaven means meeting again our friends who have died. And one reason for this difficulty is that we do not, we have not been trained. And that's the emphasis right there. C.S. Lewis says, we have not been trained. Our whole education tends to fix our minds on this world. Another, another reason is that we want the real heaven for, uh, that is present in us, and we do not recognize it. So in essence, uh, C.S. Lewis is saying, we don't really desire heaven, and even if it came to us, we won't recognize it because we uh, frankly have not been trained for heaven. So today's uh, text, those two texts that I read today, and that's what I want to do. I want to help you and train you to think about heaven and to recognize heaven. The first text, one of the first texts that we read is in Matthew, and it's the parables of the treasure and fine pearl. Uh, a person goes into a field, finds an incredible treasure uh, and in, in that field, and he sells everything, and he buys that field. A person who finds uh, fine pearls, and I forgot to read the last section of that verse, and when he find that, found that pearl, uh, of great value, you know what he did? Just like the person in the field, he sold everything he had and he bought it. All right, um, with that analogy, um, if heaven is like that treasure, whether it's the treasure that he found on the ground or the pearl, if heaven has that kind of value, then the question is, would you want to pursue it with your whole life? This is how you recognize that it that 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 heaven or this treasure is most valuable, um, and this is um, uh, because because it is valuable, and the way you recognize is that you'll give everything yourself to it. But this, unfortunately, this is not the case for most people. Um, and what we want to do here is that the reason why we don't go for heaven as the biggest prize because because we don't recognize it. And, 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 and the reason why we don't do that, because we don't sell everything that we have to get it. And that's why uh, I look at Colossians chapter 3. And again, this is what C.S. Lewis is telling us. The reason why we don't, we, uh, we don't invest all our lives into heaven and the things of God is because we don't recognize it, because we haven't been trained for it. And that's what Colossians 3 is all about. Uh, Paul tells us to set our hearts on the things above, set our minds on the things on above, not earthly things. And it keeps using the word set your mind, set your mind. And, and that language is essentially training. So Paul is actually commanding us to seek or to set our hearts and our minds on things that are above and above referring to heaven. So because this is a command, Paul is commanding us to, in a sense, train our minds to the things above. It implies that there is nothing automatic about setting my, our minds on heaven because left to ourselves and our devices, we don't think about heaven. But on the other hand, Scripture is commanding us to think about heaven, to go seek it, to go find out about it. Why does the Scripture do this? Because we are earthly creatures. Our minds cannot imagine a place like heaven. Everything in our known world is actually fighting against heaven. So that's why in our left to ourselves, we can't think about heaven. So why do we need to be trained to understand the value of heaven as the treasure and as the pearl? Why does the Bible have to command us to seek heaven? Because C.S. Lewis says that uh, our minds are not trained and we do not recognize it. And uh, in the words of 
Paul Tripp in his book Forever, he calls it eternity amnesia, because that's essentially what we have. So to recover from this amnesia, we need to seek and set our minds and hearts there, and that is the theology of heaven. So in three points, this is what I want to do. First, I want to talk about the fact that heaven is temporary. Yes, heaven is temporary. What does that mean? Think about this. When our loved one dies, where do they go? And we instinctively say, heaven. When you die, where would you like to go? And we say, heaven. No one wants to go to hell. And that's not wrong to say, but the whole point of this statement is that it is incomplete. See, contrary to what many think, heaven is not the final destination. So heaven is not the place that we go after we die. In fact, what the Bible teaches is uh, in the words of N.T. Wright, who wrote a book called Surprised by Hope, he referred to uh, uh, the real heaven as uh, uh, life after life after death. That sounds very confusing, but, but it is not after we die. It's not life after we die, but there's a life after that. All right? And the Bible calls that whole phenomenon the new heaven and the new earth. And that is essentially the what heaven really is when Jesus comes back, the new heaven and earth. That is our final destination. So that's why in first point, heaven is temporary because that is a place where we die after we go. And that's not our final destination. That's a temporary place. The real heaven is the place after that. All right. Then when we say we want to uh, go to heaven, what do we mean? All right. Uh, for most, it is a place where we go after death, all right? This is, this is what everybody's talking about. In fact, uh, this is what the apostle said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6 to 8, 6 to 8, and this is what Paul says. So we are, all, uh, so we are uh, always of good courage. We know that we are at home in the body, and we are away from the Lord, all right? For we walk by faith and not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. And what the Apostle Paul is saying, as soon as you die, he'd rather be with the Lord. And as soon as uh, uh, you are away from the body or home, that is, uh, um, pardon me, uh, with your body, and when you die, you go to that temporary place called home, he calls it, or it's called paradise in some places. And, and Paul affirms that whenever we die, we go to that temporary place. Um, and he says he'd rather be there than uh, here on earth. Philippians 1.23 says, I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to, be, is to depart and be with Christ, for that would be far better. So he also emphasizes uh, uh, if he dies, because he after he dies, he'd rather be with Christ, so, which is in that temporary place, all right? And of course, the thief on the cross, uh, he believed in Christ, and Jesus says, truly to you, today you'll be with me in paradise. And paradise is that term, is that place where we go. Uh, right after death, all right? So heaven, when many people talk about heaven, this is the place where people are referring to, where they go right after death, and uh, for those who belong to Jesus. Now, uh, when you die, you, you're, you belong to Jesus, your body stays in the ground, and your soul, your spirit goes to that temporary place called paradise, or this heaven that we refer to. So in order to uh, stop complicating it, I'm gonna call it that present heaven. And the present heaven, paradise, or intermediate heaven, they're all temporary place, okay? Uh, and I wanna contrast this because the real heaven 
is the permanent place, which we're going to talk about later, which is called the heaven, new heavens and the new earth. That is our final destination. That final destination of our resting is not that temporary place, but heaven, which is the new heavens and the new earth. And Revelation 21 describes in beautiful terminology that it is a city that comes down. And it is in Revelation 21, it is in the ultimate final heaven that our souls and body unite. That's the resurrection day, the last day, the rapture, the consummation, whatever you want to call it. When the world ends and the, and the new dispensation of God's kingdom comes down, that is heaven. All right? So when I talk about heaven, I'm referring to new heavens and the new earth, our final destination. All right. So point number one, heaven is temporary. Point number two, heaven is active. Heaven is active because opposite of active is being static. Heaven is not static. Static implies that heaven is a place that you do nothing and just be with God. And, and that's why, again, our minds cannot imagine a place like heaven, so we think it's just a boring place. And how do we get that idea? And certainly it's not from the Bible, all right? Um, uh, is from our own imaginations. Peter Kreeft is a Catholic theologian, and he wrote a book simply called Heaven. And in his book, he asks us to do a mental exercise. And this is what you can do as I go through this with you. And he says this, do an in honest introspection and ask your heart, what do you really want? I mean, you don't, it, you know, this is not just a spiritual thing. Like, what do you really want? You make a list. You want a car. You want a house. You want a vacation. Whatever you want, you make that list. And then he says, imagine you're, you're God. All right? Just for this moment, you get to be God. All right? You're very powerful. And you can get whatever you want. There's no limit to your power. You can design heaven the way you want it. So if you think about all the stuff you want, you design heaven that way. Okay? And finally, imagine having it for eternity. So with that thought in mind, the question that Peter asks is, how soon do you think you grow bored or restless? Think about that. And then he continues that experiment and says, all right, let's redo that list because it's going to get boring. And you make a better list. So instead of physical material stuff, maybe you'll have more intentional things like I want, I want good friends. I want good health. I want, you know, uh, things that really make life um, uh, meaningful, all right? So you make a new list of good things, perfect people, and, and things like that. And, and, then, and then he asked that question, will it get boring again? Can, so, so uh, you know, and the answer is probably most likely. So the question that he asked is, can you imagine a heaven that would not eventually be boring? Now, this exercise that Peter Kreef is uh, getting at is that this exercise states what people have been asking all along. And what are people asking? Basically this, what are we going to do in heaven? Not only that, when we get there, what do we do for eternity? Think about that. So after, you know, most God has granted us maybe 80, 90, maybe for some people, 100 years of life. You know, in this world, after 90 years of life or so, people are just ready to go. Their mind goes, their body goes, they feel ache every time, and they're just like, I'm done with this, you know? Um, and, and, and if you take that same uh, analogy and say, what, we, what are we going to do for 80 or 90 centuries of heaven? And that's just temporary. What if it's for eternity? 
And it's like, if we can't even bear 90 or 100 years in this world, how can we bear eternity? So my whole point is that we cannot imagine such a heaven without boredom because we think it's a static place. How do we get this idea? Again, C.S. Lewis points to the fact that because we've not been trained uh, mentally, biblically about heaven. We haven't thought about heaven. We don't know how. And even if heaven came down to us, we wouldn't be able to recognize it. Now, because we do not have the ability to imagine heaven the way God designed it, this is why we all have an unhealthy and unbiblical view of heaven. Just like the parable, parable said that we read here, heaven is like a treasure or a pearl. And if it's worth everything, you must sell everything, you, you know, materially perhaps, but not necessarily materially, but, 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 but with your whole heart, with your passion. Go for it. Go for broke. Because if we understand heaven and it's not static and it's not boring, we're going to change all of life and thinking for heaven. But here's the thing that I mentioned. We don't do that. We don't go for it. Um, there's a, a, a film back in the uh, 90s, I believe, called Usual Suspect. Kevin Spacey played um, the main protagonist. His name is Verbal Kent. And he said towards the end of the film, because he was the villain and he was secretive, and he said the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world that he didn't exist. And that's a powerful line in itself. But in this sermon, I would say the, uh, Satan's greatest lie is to convince the world that heaven, not that heaven doesn't exist, all right? So he didn't do that. But the greatest lie that he did to Christians particularly is that, is that Satan lies to us in another way. And he's telling us and whispering to us that heaven is boring. That's boring. And I think we've got a whiff of that. And, and um, again, what in the world are we going to do for eternity? I have a slide showing up that you can't see, but it's by Gary Larson. He wrote, he draws the comic strips of Farside, and there's a guy sitting on the cloud with his angelic robe, and, uh, and, and, and there's a thought bubble, and that thought bubble says, I wish I brought a magazine. And that is the cultural view of what heaven is. It's like, it's a boring place. What are you going to do on a fluffy cloud? So left to our imagination, this is to the extent that we can conclude about heaven. So no wonder, and here's the point, no wonder we don't care for heaven. No wonder heaven is not our treasure. No wonder heaven is not the place that we want to go. And that's why we have to be challenged here. Psalm 1611 says, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. And that is my goal, is that you get God, that he is everything, that he's not only the path of life, but he's, he's the ultimate joy filler with his presence, and, and pleasure will be in him. So in heaven, you get all that. It's not a boring place. And the Bible and the psalmist knows that completely. So last point, first is heaven is temporary. Second point is that heaven is active. Third point, heaven is now in the present, all right? So understanding heaven will make us look forward to the destination. That's where we want to go. So it, was, it will also help us to adjust our lives, our thinking, our value, our choices, so that we could be prepared for heaven. So living right now 
in this life, in the light of heaven, in the light of in the light of new heavens and new earth, it's not a theoretical thing. It's very very practical. It's like a it's like a fairy tale, you know, that you've heard, you know, and the fairy tale always ends with and they lived happily ever after. But the difference between the new heavens and new earth and all Disney fairy tales is that new heavens and new earth, heaven is true. Fairy tales are false. It's a myth. Huge difference. So we are so jaded and skeptical, you know, in this culture today. We're divided. There's conspiracy everywhere. We distrust authority, you know. And I hope uh, in the midst of all this skepticism, I hope as we talk about heaven that you would go through all this and that heaven is good news for you today. And, and despite your skepticism and, and misunderstanding, I do hope that you believe that you will live happily ever after in heaven, that because Jesus is there. So if we resist Satan's lies about heaven and his lies that eternity doesn't exist and all that kind of stuff, um, if we resist his lies, then we can set our hearts and minds on heaven while living on earth right now. And when you do, it's going to profoundly change how you and I live the rest of the lives that we have, we're here. However many years we've been granted, all right? So having said that, let me just give you some application points. Three points here. Number one, if all this stuff about heaven is true, if we're setting our minds correctly and, and trying to discern heaven and get it into our hearts as a passion, then number one, you don't need to fear death. Please understand that. Death is real. Last time I checked, mortality rate for human being is still 100%. And if you do the math, three people die every second. That's 180 minutes. Uh, pardon me, 180 people die every minute. Approximately 11,000 people have died in this one hour. And in a day around the world, 260,000 people have died. So it's, it's, this is just in one day. And they will have a destiny, even heaven, either heaven or hell, which is a reality. If you believe in Christ, you will be in heaven. If you don't believe in Christ, you go to hell. And death for those who are heavenly minded. And if you are in Christ, you know what? You don't need to worry about death. You don't have to, you don't have to be fearful of death. Uh, in fact, death, being heavenly minded, is actually a cause for rejoicing. All right? Because you know that death is not the end, but it is actually a doorway to eternal life. It's the receiving of the greatest treasure, joy, delight, pleasures to be with God forever. And death does not stop a person who understands their destiny. So number one, if you understand heaven, you don't fear death. Number two, uh, you embrace your suffering. You know, there's people are depressed. There's terminal illness. There's low point in your life ruled by anxiety and uncertainty and people are exhausted from just trying to survive. You may imagine, you know, what's the point? What's the purpose? And let me tell you something, as you're living, particularly in New York City, uh, in these kind of mental and physical conditions, you couldn't be more wrong when you ask those kind of questions. Because as long as you keep, God keeps you here on earth breathing, let me tell you something. If you are a Christian and you know about heaven and you know you're going there, Yes, suffering is real, but let me tell you something. It is exactly where God wants you to be right now. Why? Because through your suffering, through your depression, through all the difficulties that you are living with right now, 
God is preparing you for another world. He's preparing you for a world without suffering at the resurrection. So in other words, your suffering right now, presently, your difficulty, your anguish, all that is is training ground. And it is God is expanding your capacity for what? For eternal joy. Your life on earth, in other words, is a training camp to prepare us for heaven. So that's why number two, embrace your suffering. Number three, if heaven is real and it is, the third application is that every day you choose wisely. Whether you have to make big decisions or small decisions, your decisions will reflect heaven's values. So what kind of choices will count in heaven? Randy Alcorn, in, uh, whose book I am getting a lot of this information from, he also wrote a book called Heaven. Let me just read you this paragraph and, and we'll end. He says, what will last for eternity is every service to the needy, every dollar given to feed the hungry, every cup of cold water given to the thirsty, every investment in missions, every prayer for the needy, every effort invested in evangelism, and every moment spent caring for precious children, including rocking them to sleep and changing their diapers. The Bible says we'll reap in eternity what we've planted in this life. You like that? Every decision. So parents, those of you struggling with infants, your work has kingdom uh, uh, importance. It's very important, okay? Every decision you make, big or small, it has kingdom ramifications. So as long as, here's the point, as long as we have time right now, seeking and setting our minds and hearts on heaven is the major work we have to do in this world. It is more important than the task for you because, you know, uh, we live 80 or 90 or maybe 100 years, right? Uh, Lord willing. And, uh, but it's temporary because eternity is forever. So I ask that you would seek Jesus because he is the precious pearl. He is the treasure. He came from heaven to earth to tell us about it. He lived kingdom's values, uh, Jesus did, and he demonstrated in this world what heaven is like. He loved, he lived in grace and love and peace and righteousness and sacrifice. This is what Christ did. So if you want to know heaven, let's look to the architect of heaven, and that is Jesus Christ. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, you need to get to know him. You need to find him. And if you find him as your treasure and the greatest pearl, give up your values, give up everything for him, because only through him will you receive heaven. So I hope uh, this message is encouraging. So um, there will be subsequent messages on heaven. So until then, God bless you.